song I wrote by commission for the SEIU, the Service Employees International Union. SEIU was founded in 1921 and now represents workers in healthcare, government, and law enforcement, in addition to folks like food service workers and custodians. As part of their membership of law enforcement workers, in many places, SEIU represents public defenders, but not in Massachusetts. In contrast to neighboring states, Massachusetts public defenders can't unionize and as a result are compensated at significantly lower salaries than their geographically close peers, among other deficits. Several times over the last decade, the Massachusetts state legislature has had the opportunity to change this and it hasn't happened. Why in the world do I know anything about this? Is my partner a public defender? Do I have friends who are public defenders? 
No, and I'm not even your average concerned citizen around this issue. I know this because in 2012, SEIU and Massachusetts Public Defenders hired me to write a song to help change the situation. A campaign theme song, as they were organizing across the state and bringing their message to the then-nascent world of social media. I've written songs on commission before, as premiums for fundraisers, as booby prizes at galas, for one partner to gift to another. And I love doing this. Anytime you can put some parameters around the endless expanse of the blank page, you're on your way to starting a song. Knowing what the song needs to be for or for whom before you start is a gift. But I'd never done anything quite like this before, and it felt like a ton of pressure. An important issue that had myriad real-world consequences, touching on criminal justice reform, equity, and the dignity of both public workers and the accused. I started by doing research. I had a long lunch with a large group of public defenders. They told me why it was important to unionize, and they told me about their clients. They told me about the history of public defenders in this country. They were understandably proud of their profession. I took copious notes, making sure to capture words that came up a lot. Constitution, defense, justice, public, accused, innocence, Massachusetts. Next, I went to the song library of great anthems, union and protest songs. Springsteen, Billy Bragg, Joe Hill, Indigo Girls, Ani DeFranco. I tried to see what they all had in common. Writing music for activism is a tricky business. Activist songs often seem to sacrifice either the song for the message or vice versa. Very few songs tell the story they need to tell while remaining musical. Some of that is because the language of most causes is unpoetic. A lot of three-syllable words with very specific meanings. A thesaurus is therefore no help. Try rhyming Gideon, which is the name of a very important court decision in 1963 establishing the right of the accused to representation. Or use representation in a lyric. Worse, try singing the word trial. On the other hand, if you go too poetic, then the song ends up a watered-down nothing burger. It could be about anything. You also have to make sure the song isn't too hard to sing, especially for a large crowd of folks who may not be musical in the least. So, no fast melodic runs, no unique chord and melody combinations, not too many quick consonants or rhythmically tricky moments where the lyrics have to lock in just so in order to get the line to end on time. And the tempo can't be too fast. If the words go by too quickly, people won't catch them the first or only time they hear the song. But the tempo needs to be brisk enough to bring some pep and energy and resolve. We are fighting for something, but we are fighting for it with long vowel sounds, few consonants, and three chords at a medium to up tempo. In some ways, this all reminds me of America Ferreira's now famous Barbie speech about what society expects from women. In short, a nearly impossible task. Obviously, I was able to hammer out something that I thought did a pretty good job with the remit. When I recorded it, I invited the public defenders I had initially met with to come and be the chorus. They brought their friends, and they brought beer. You got the feeling that they needed to let loose a little. Their job is not easy, and it never lets up. Was the song successful? I suppose by one measure, no. Massachusetts public defenders still haven't been able to unionize over a decade after SEIU started this campaign. Is this song sung at rallies? or by public defenders to their children as they put them to sleep at night? No, it is not. But I do think it was successful in some other ways. 
A union kept up the important historical tradition of using songs to rally their members and make their messages memorable. And for the public defenders I got to meet and collaborate and sing with, they got some insight into what an artist's life is like. The more we know about each other's daily struggles and victories, the more empathy and community we can build. so good to be back learning the facts of life. So there's lots of news, let's get to it. I am happy to announce that I'll be joining my pals Welcome to Night Vale for one last set of dates on their attic tour. We are going to play Toronto, St. Louis, Louisville, Columbus, Ohio, Pittsburgh, Jersey City, and Northampton, Massachusetts. As usual, I will be giving away a pair of tickets to each show in exchange for merch help. It's so easy and fun, I promise. If you want to take me up on that offer, send me an email, erin at erinmckeown.com, with your city in the subject line. First come, first served. Next, I am so thrilled that I will be traveling to Atlanta, Georgia on March 9th to be a guest of Woodstock Arts as they open their production of our musical Miss You Like Hell. I will be performing in some capacity that day, so stay tuned for details. If you're in the general area of Atlanta, I encourage you to visit Woodstock Arts and see the show. It's amazing that our show is playing in Georgia, so please, please, please support this awesome theater. The show runs March 8th through 24th. If y'all remember at the end of 2023, I vowed to do more playing live, so let's keep these gigs rolling. On May 25th, I will be performing at the 25th Annual Virginia Women's Music Festival. I might have played there the first or second one, I can't remember, but... Suffice to say, I'm thrilled to be back. Tickets for all shows can always be found at erinmccown.com shows. And the news keeps coming. For whatever reason, the universe has gifted me with several private students at one time, so I am officially opening my teaching practice back up. I have slots for a couple more folks, so don't be shy. They will go fast. You can find out more about what I offer at erinmccown.com teaching. And lastly, as if this weren't enough news, I just released the best of Facts of Life 2023 on Bandcamp. It's all the songs from the last year of episodes in their full form, but without all this annoying talking. Now for a nice and tasty Facts of Life treat. Preparing for this episode, I was a little unsure about a topic with which to bring back the facts of life in 2024. But as I was casting about for a subject, my friend Ron Lieber sent me inches of texts on a topic he was fired up about, the national anthem. Ron has been the spark for many a facts of life episode. Sometimes it's something he writes in response to the pod. Sometimes it's a conversation we have apropos of nothing. Sometimes it's simply his consistent, positive cheerleading and encouragement of this project. I'm not going to formally introduce Ron, just Google him. He's big time and accomplished, and I am proud to be his friend. Ron, I was finishing up my usual Saturday tennis when all of a sudden a shit ton of texts started coming (laughs) into my phone, like a lot of texts. (laughs) (laughs) What was going on? (laughs) 
I was having a moment. Um, I, you know, the moment had started the night before. Uh, I was at a sports event. Uh, it was the kind of sports event where the national anthem gets sung. And, uh, you know, there were a bunch of young people at the game. I took a look around and a whole bunch of the young people were not standing for the national anthem. And it was a strange sort of moment because, uh, you know, as ever, right, nobody was standing uh, when the, you know, acapella group came out to sing. The acapella group standing, right? And so immediately both teams get up, right? And then pretty much all the grownups get up. Uh, and then like maybe half the kids get up, like all the little kids, but like not so many of the uh, older kids, right? Um, and I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, okay, you know, I remember the kneeling, I remember the NFL, I remember the controversy. I understood that. It all made sense to me. Um, but I guess I had just sort of forgotten about it, right? Um, and or I, I had remembered it as a form of protest that was not ongoing. I, I was just not used to the fact, maybe because I haven't been to enough live sports events, that there are a whole bunch of people who just don't stand. And maybe there are younger people who just never stood and are never going to stand. And something about that didn't sit right to me. And yet, and yet, the Star Spangled Banner is a terrible song. <laughs> right. You seem surprised you seem surprised by the fact that people didn't stand up for the anthem, even though, as you said, we have all this context um over the last several years of years of it. But like, what do we want from it? Hence, hence a lot of texts. <laughs> At some point I was like, listen, let's just let's just talk about it. Exactly, right? So it's like, I'm thinking about this overnight. Um, I go to synagogue the next morning. There's a beautiful song, uh, totally moving. I'm pretty sure we sang it while standing, as one does with, with some of the prayers. Um, and I'm on the way home, and I'm thinking, whatever one may think about America or about that song in particular uh, or about standing in general, we need to give those kids a song that's worth standing up for, right? Yes, but I can relate to those kids sitting down. And yet, I also want this experience that you're talking about, that you had at Temple, of standing up, of singing with people. How else would you describe what that experience is? Well, I, I mean, it's quite obviously religious, right? And, you know, while I happen to be a believer, you know, in some definitions of the term, uh, I don't want to impose that on other people. And the invocation of God in all of these anthems turns people off. And I guess, you know, as a grown-up at, at that sports event, um, you know, the other night, I felt like as this you know, someone of the older generation that we had sort of flunked out, right, in in giving these kids something worth standing up for um, so that they, too, could um, could feel those feels, right? Patriotism or not, godliness or not, um, it was just one of those moments, and there are, you know, too many of them, where I just felt like, we were um, doing a disservice uh, to the next generation that they they deserved something better, 
you know? Right. They're, they're missing, they're missing something binding. They're missing some sense of community and right. We want to advocate for all these different identities. That's, that's important, right? We've figured that out at this point, but we also need to advocate for some kind of cohesion. Yep. And a kind of elevation, right? Yes. Not, not so much in a like, you know, heavenly ascendance, no, right? But what about what about mountaintops? <laughs> I, what about high basketball hoops? What about yeah. like you know we're 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 it's aiming towards writing? Yeah, we're aiming towards writing an anthem, right? So like like I I think elevation actually is really like um, what about elevators? What about skyscraper? I mean, right? Well, so but then but then I, it's like it's just language too mundane. No, no, but it's. I, I think the big idea here, right? It's like we're going to go with all those metaphors. Is that it, you should feel like at the end of the song that the climb to the mountaintop was effortless, and that everyone can dunk, even you, even me. <laughs> I think what you're talking about this broadness, this elevation, makes me think that one of my solutions is not right. So one thing I thought of was, well, just sing the school song, right, or just sing. The town song. Does the town have a song? Uh, do you know what I mean? Like go hyper, hyper local, but not individual, right? So there's that world, but I don't think that actually touches on what you're talking about. So then it makes me wonder, like, let's, okay, let's study the good ones, right? So you pointed out to me which one you think is the best, right? Which is the South African national anthem. Do you know anything about how it was created? Yeah. So, you know, I know that it's more than 100 years old. I feel like elements of it were, um, you know, adopted by by other countries. And then it became a kind of, you know, rallying cry, a, a kind of um, freedom song, uh, you know, during the struggles to dismantle apartheid. Right. The current national anthem, which was adopted in 1997, right, as the singular national anthem of South Africa, is an amalgamation of two anthems, right? So one that came from native population, first population, um, with a tradition, and one that came from Afrikaans. And in 1997, they were sort of amalgamated um, into what I think is a very successful anthem. Do you want to listen to a children's choir sing it? Mm, yes. You know, it's possible that that my love of the South African <clears throat> national anthem comes from, you know, it's just one of those songs, or at least for me, you, you know how there are these songs in your life where you can, where you remember exactly where you were when you heard it for the first time and everything just sort of stops in those 90 seconds or a minute 38, like everything is okay. You know that it's better than okay. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, it's like an optimism machine. That song. <laughs> yeah, you know? I mean, you, you. I think when your text flood started, and when I started thinking about this, I was like, I don't know. Do we need a new anthem? I don't know. Um, and now I think I, I want an optimism machine. There's no reason why we couldn't. 
right? There's no reason why we couldn't. Somebody's got to write a better one. I don't want to write this. Um, <laughs> I well, know. Sorry, Rob. Who's going to write it? <laughs> well, if, if that's our you, last question. That's our last question. You know, the 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 reason i picked on you is is not just because uh you're in my, in your, in my <laughs> i'm in your phone <laughs> um it's because and i'm just gonna you know brown my nose in in your western massachusetts dirt there oh come on man it's my pod you don't have to do this on my pod come um on. but you know i feel like from from the mccown um uh canon uh aspera is like pretty close um to what we're searching for here right it's like in, it's got a little I, bit of latin it's got a hopeful I, I, message like you, you may not you know I, I i mean this is an interesting test right because you you know you put these songs out into the world and who knows if people you know consider them the same way that you did and and maybe it's better if they don't even uh or at least it's interesting right um but to me you know that song is is an optimism machine uh, that springs from a time and feeling of trouble, right? And isn't that what we're looking for here? And isn't that like kind of what America is? Listen, if somebody wants to use this song I already wrote, <laughs> call me. So I gave you an assignment. I asked you, Ron Lieber, if you would... Please send a fax to anyone, anywhere, at any time. Have you identified who you would like to send that fax to? Yeah, I'm sending this fax to um, uh, everyone in America. Great. Let's fill out. Let's fill out the cover sheet. Let's fill out the cover sheet together. Okay. The the two two field to all people in America, including those who some people think don't belong here. Uh, do we have their phone number? I mean, I'm I, I'm I'm picturing this as a sort of like viral <laughs> reply all. Yeah, uh, right, right. I don't want everyone to see it, you know. Um, so uh, and, and maybe have it show up twenty times, you know, to the point <laughs> where it's you get a bunch then, of like, them in your it, fax machine. <laughs> but everyone will read it at least once. Uh, okay, great. So we're gonna put everybody's fax number ever in America, including those who. What? How did you phrase it? Who? Some people don't think belong here. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody's uh, number goes in there. Uh, passport or not, green card or not. Um, if you're here, you're here for a reason. Uh, and I want I want you to read my message. Yeah. Ron wants to send you a fax. So turn your fax machine on. What date are we sending this? We're going to send this on... I was about I was about to say July 4th, but that feels almost too obvious. Um, July 5th? <laughs> I mean, what what if we what if we send it tonight? Because the Grammys are tonight on the day that we're recording this. What if we send it tonight at the very beginning of the first commercial break? Okay, great. So eight oh nine, probably Eastern, right? I'm going to guess that's the first commercial. Break. Great. How many pages is this fax? It's just one page. Subject line. To the strangers on the other team. Excellent. Now, these are the little boxes that you're going to check on the cover sheet. Is this urgent? I think it's important. I don't want to scare anyone into thinking that it's urgent. Okay. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Um, please reply. Yes. 
Great. And is this fax confidential? No. Um, and if you know anyone who doesn't have a fax machine, uh, you know, by all means, uh, uh, print it out and bring it over. Yeah. Or, you know, take a picture with your phone if you've got one of those and, you know, spread it around. Okay, great. Now, what is the message of the fax? Whoever you are, wherever you live, whatever you believe or disbelieve, I want to be in communion with you on neutral ground for at least one moment in song. And I want it to be so loud, so proud, so epic that you will not be able to keep yourself from standing up. Amen. That's awesome, Ron. That is a worthy fax. That is an absolutely worthy fax. Let's, I mean, let's see what happens. We're going to send it right now. Here it goes. It strikes me that, that your fax message is unsurprisingly Ron Lieber-like to me. It is um, open, optimistic, personal. Please come meet me, right? And um, maybe vulnerable. How do you, how does that does that strike you? Do I feel like I've summed up your facts? Yes, thank you. Vulnerable. Ron, Ron is standing on you know when you said neutral ground, it made me think of New Orleans, right? Which is what they call the median strip in New Orleans, right? So it makes me think of Ron's down in New Orleans. He's at um, the corner of Esplanade and something, and he's hanging out on that grassy part in the middle, and he's waiting for you. So you need to turn your fax machine on. Here comes your fax, and you need to go meet Ron. Yeah, you're just going to like roll up St. Charles and yeah, there's going to be brass instruments involved.
my balls These brambles are stumbling down struggles Aspera, Piraspera, Piratua Arastra of facts of life feels so good to be back thanks for listening and see you soon